Welcome back. It is episode number 47 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And we had something happen after last week's episode that's become kind of a a recurring trend on this podcast. You call it the podcast bump. It's the podcast bump. I mean, if you look at all the past guests we've had, look at their statistics the week after, there's a clear boost. Kevin Marfo, double-digit rebounds again, was the only player in the country with double-digit rebounds in every single one of his games. Alex Whalen, recently this week. Goal and assist, right? Goal and assist beat the number one team in the nation five nothing. Not like the day the podcast dropped. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm. I'm not saying. Yeah. But I'm saying. Uh, it makes sense. And and we've had it happen. I mean, we were just reminiscing. We have now. This is episode 47. Uh, match up in on episode five, which was late October 2018. It is now February 2020. Yeah. So, also, what about the Acro team, too? Yep. The Acro team had a bump, too? I, I could go on and on. Oh, yeah. If you go through and you look, yeah. The volleyball team. That, they had, yep, the, they had the run to the final, the MAC final run. So, we had two We had two volleyball episodes. So, October uh, October 21st was the, was the last time that, that the file was accessed. So, late October of 2019, we had Kyle Robinson. And then in... Late November, so right around Thanksgiving, we had the volleyball team. So that Thanksgiving week is pretty much right when that MAC tournament happens for the volleyball team. It was the week before, and yeah. we interviewed um, Olga and Georgia, right. and they were unbelievable. And they ended up the team ended up making an unbelievable MAC final run, yeah. and it was so so cool to follow along with that. So shout out to the podcast bump, and shout out to us this week on the podcast. We are capitalizing on a on a little bit of a bump that happened before the podcast. Uh, we have a women's hockey episode this week. We're talking to Grace Markey, the junior forward from Michigan. She has two goals on the season, Matt, but both of them are Sports Center top ten goals. Right. That is a 100% success rate of getting your goals on SportsCenter this year. I mean, if she only has two and they both end up on SC Top 10, that makes it feel like nine. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a good thing. So she, I believe the the first goal, it was like the first goal was number seven. The, the goal this past weekend against Yale was number eight. Both goals, though, were tip-in goals, which is the craziest part about this. The first goal was a shot that from Katie Taven that was going wide that she tipped on her backhand between her legs and into the net. And the second one today, uh, the second one, excuse me, this past weekend was a pass from Sadie Peart. Great pass through the zone that she just she laid out. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. laid out full, uh, full dive to be able to tip it into the net, and that ended up being the game-winning goal for the Bobcats. So we're talking to Grace Markey in this episode, but of course, we have a lot going on because now we are really starting to get into the swing of things as spring sports get here but winter sports are getting close to tournament time it's an exciting time to be a bobcat to be austin we'll tell you all about it in the week that was in quinnipiac athletics to start we have the baseball senior outfielder andre marrero he's been named one of the top 150 hitters in ncaa baseball dan is that good that is very good this was compiled by d1baseball.com marrero was ranked number 106 based on d1 baseball's analytics and was one of just two mac baseball athletes to crack the top 150 sticking with baseball former quinnipiac baseball pitcher thomas jenkins has received a non-roster invite to the milwaukee brewers spring training camp as announced by the organization on saturday january 31st 
first. Jenkins' invite to spring training is his first non-roster invite to the Major League camp in his career as he's risen through the ranks of the Brewers organization over the past four seasons. So congratulations to Thomas Jenkins. And Quinnipiac Athletics is proud to celebrate the 34th anniversary of National Girls and Women's in Sports Day, a national observance celebrating the extraordinary achievements of women and girls in sports. On Saturday, February 8th, the Bobcats will offer a special opportunity for all girls in 8th grade or below to participate in pregame activities with some of QU's female student-athletes. Scheduled before the women's ice hockey game, Quinnipiac female varsity athletes will lead girls through activity stations designed to educate, develop, and reinforce positive skill sets. Then before the women's basketball game, a special recognition will be held on court during the national anthem. To participate, please be sure to register at GoBobcats.com. Sticking with the women, the women's golf team is back in action for the first time since October, so welcome back to that group. They head to Osprey Point Country Club in Boca Raton, Florida for the Florida Atlantic Invitational on Monday and Tuesday. First year, Kaylee Sakota has been honored by the American Junior Golf Foundation for her efforts in the Leadership Links program. Sakota raised money for the first tee of Greater Pasadena in the AJGA's ACE Grant program. In total, she raised $1,275, which was split between the two programs. So a great job by Kaylee to be able to raise money during the offseason. But the golf team is back in action. The women's lacrosse team is finally getting their season underway. The team visits Bryant to kick off the season on Wednesday, February 12th. So best of luck to them. From the women to the men, the men's team started off their season with a 20-9 loss at number 16 Rutgers on Saturday. Sophomore Will Abbott scored four goals, two in each half, including a ridiculous behind-the-back goal that was the number two play on SportsCenter on Saturday night. So congratulations to Will for that. Mac preseason co-player of the year, Jake Tomczyk, also added a goal and an assist. The men's team returns to the field on Saturday when they visit UMass Lowell at 1 p.m. To women's indoor track now, they finished 8th out of 24 teams at the New England Championships at the Reggie Lewis Center in Boston over the weekend. Sophomore Emily Young led the team on the second day of competition with a third-place finish and a personal time in the one-mile run. The 4x400-meter relay team also took third overall. For her performance at the New England Championships, senior Megan Curtin was named the Mack Track Performer of the Week. After her performance at New England's, Curtin now holds the top time in the 800-meter event in the Mack. The Bobcats will be back in action on Friday Friday, February 14th at the David Henry Valentine Invitational in Boston, Mass. To the court we go. The tennis team, the women's tennis team, dropped their match with Fordham at home on Saturday by a score of 7-0. Layla Rodriguez won the first set in number three singles, 6-4. And Stephanie Yanisov won the second set of number six singles, 6-3. They, along with the men's team, are both back in action on Saturday when they both visit St. Joseph's in Philadelphia for 6 p.m. matches. Both teams continue their road swing Sunday, visiting the University of Delaware. The men's basketball team, they beat Canisius on the road last Friday night by a score of 90-73. to The Bobcats shot an impressive 33-54 of from the field, that's 61%, and sophomore Tyrese Williams led the way with a career-high 26 points. Freshman guard Brendan McGuire stuffed the stat sheet with 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. And forward Kevin Marfo, former podcast guest, recorded his 11th double-double of the season with 10 points and 11 rebounds. 
They dropped their game on Sunday, though, at Niagara by a final of 75-59. to Marfo registered 11 points and 15 more rebounds. That's his 12th double-double of the year, and he shot 5 for 6 from the floor. And Rich Kelly scored a team-high 15 points to go along with 6 assists. Men's ball is home on Friday night at 7.30 when they host Iona, and they stay right at the People's United Center on Sunday at 2 p.m. when they host Manhattan. And next week, when the Bobcats host Canisius on Friday, February 21st, at 7 p.m., the game will be televised on ESPNU as a part of the MAC wildcard game package. Junior forward Jacob Ragoni and the Quinnipiac men's basketball team are teaming up to raise money for CFS, the volunteer firefighters, in response to Australia's bushfire crisis. To make a donation, visit squareup.com slash store slash QU student fundraising, and all funds will go directly to the CFS volunteer firefighters as they continue to battle Australia's bushfires. And we'll make sure there's a link to donate there at the bottom of the podcast notes. It's a very important cause, not only to Jacob, but everybody involved, so make sure you donate if you can. From the men's to the women's side, the women's basketball team picked up a 91-64 win at St. Peter's Thursday night. Senior Taylor Hurd scored a career-best 22 points. Paige Warfel secured her sixth double-double of the season with 11 points and 13 rebounds in the win. Cartiera Haywood and Sajeda Bonner also hit double-digit figures in scoring. They followed up that win with another dub, this time at Iona on Saturday by a score of 67-63. Shaq Edwards, Taylor Hurd, and Jaden Ward all scored in double digits. Warfel and Mackenzie Dewees finished with identical stat lines of 8 points, 7 boards, 2 assists, and 3 steals. The Bobcats are now 7-3 in conference and have won 6 out of their last 7 league contests. The Bobcats are at Monmouth on Thursday. Go check Go Bob. Bobcats.com or QU underscore WBB for updates and scores on that one because this episode will be out on Friday, so we'll know what happened in the, that game by then. They then return home to host Siena at 4 p.m. on Saturday. To men's ice hockey now. We go from the hard court to the hard ice. The men's hockey team had a huge weekend of wins in the ECAC. They beat the number one team in the nation, Cornell, by a final score of 5 to nothing on that Friday. Good? Yeah, it's pretty good, Dan, especially after the podcast bump. Woo. The Bobcats scored three goals in a span of two minutes and 36 seconds. Dan, I know you're in the booth. What was it like? It was loud in that (laughs) arena. And they never looked back after those two goals as they have their ninth win in their last 11 games. Nick Germain scored twice for the Bobcats, added an assist, while Zach Metza, Alex Whalen, former podcast guest, and TJ Friedman also scored. Keith Petrozelli made 22 saves en route to the win. Then they finished the weekend sweep by beating Colgate Saturday by a final of 2-1. to one. Peter Deliberatory, also podcast guest, had his fifth goal of the season and broke a scoreless tie, while Wyatt Bongiovanni had his 13th was the game winner. Petrozelli was strong in that once again. He made 30 saves to pick up the win, and for his efforts, he was named the ECAC Hockey Goaltender of the Week for the second time this season. He finished with a save percentage of .98. One That is the third best in the nation, while his .50 GAA, which is goals against average, was tied for the second best in the nation. And adding on to Petrozelli's week, the goaltender was named the NCAA's first star of the week. Is that good, Dan? That is extremely good. And a lot of rankings were happening this week. The Bobcats are up to number 15 in the USA Today poll and up two spots to number 16 in the USCHO poll and moved up to number 14 in the pairwise rankings. The Bobcats are are on the road this week. They visit Yale on Friday at 7 p.m. before visiting 
Brown, Saturday at 7 p.m. And from the men's to the women's team, the final team on our rundown, the team we're focusing on for today's episode, it is the women's hockey team. They were also very successful in ECAC play last weekend. They started off their weekend with a 3-1 win at Brown. Taylor Gerard, Taylor House, and Katie Taven each had a goal and an assist, while Abby Ives made 17 saves in the win. They followed that up with another 3-1 win, this time at Yale on Saturday afternoon. Grace Markey, heard of her, scored the game-winning goal that ended the day as the number eight play on SportsCenter, while first-year players Sadie Peart and Kate Riley also scored. Abby Ives continued to shine in net, making an even 30 saves and picking up the win. The women's team is back home as they continue to push up the ECAC standings. They host Union on Friday at 6 p.m. and RPI on Saturday at 3 p.m. And today, Matt, on the podcast, we have the junior forward, Grace Markey. Now, we know her as the hockey player. Right. We know Grace Markey, the hockey player. That That's where she gets on sports center and everything like that but there's but more to it there is a lot more that meets the eye or then meets the eye for grace markey there is a lot more that meets the eye and dan you talked to her alone for this interview i was unable to make it but you also did a fun little segment too so keep an eye on that at qu underscore wih which was a fun bit that you did with her but she wants to be a doctor and she not not a doctor like oh i i you know i studied and got my doctorate like no i want to help people be healthier and be an actual medical doctor. That's right. So so we talked, of course, a lot about her hockey career, but we also talked about a number of fantastic opportunities that she's had. She interned with the University of Michigan at their hospital over the summer, worked in the, the cardiac department. She saw her first open heart surgery over the summer, which even just reading that in an article made me squirm a little bit in oh. my seat. But she talked about that. She's been working on a, a research project that's going to be presented in New York City in April, so that's exciting. There is a lot to Grace Markey. It was a really interesting conversation, and let's hear what she had to say. We're back on episode number 47 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, joined by Junior Ford on the women's ice hockey team and possibly the most uh, popular and famous athlete at Quinnipiac right now, Grace Markey. Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, so we want to start with the with the goal that uh, was heard round the world over the weekend uh, against Yale. So, two goals on, on the season, both get on to Sports Center top ten. Uh, so, so, before we talk about that whole experience and what's that's like what's that like uh we were hoping to do this on the video podcast and break this down a little bit kind of go go through the plays you got to ask the classic question you know what was going through your head take me through that play so we're we're gonna we're gonna break down some of the film here on the on the video screen behind us uh for the audio podcast members this really isn't going to be that exciting but we'll 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 give you the best analysis that we can so uh so now we have the this is the first video from back uh from back in early december against colgate college hockey shouts to bucci may women's college hockey colgate versus quinnipiac katie tabin finding grace markey who goes through her own legs for the goal not just that but with her back to the net that's unbelievable upon replay Quinnipiac wins 2-1 so this was a this was a tip in goal this is the second one uh, that just happened over the weekend against Yale women's college hockey number 8 Quinnipiac and Yale Sadie Pert with the dish from the wall Grace Markey dives forward for the goal Grace Dive, goal, Quinnipiac goes on the win 3-1. I was impressed on the second one with the with the zone entry that you're going to see here. 
uh, some quick passing and good heads up pass by Sadie Peart to get that one on your stick. So uh, I guess for, for, for both of them, kind of, you know, to take us through the plays, you know, what are, what are you looking to do on that play and, mm-hmm. and just kind of your thoughts on both of them? Yeah, so both plays kind of started um, as I was the one to turn the puck over. So that was that's the number one thing I like to do. Uh, we talk about moving fast in transition. So the whole clip isn't shown here, but there was a lot of forechecking going on. Got the puck to the point and um, got the screen. Uh, and on, on the first one, I was just really trying to get my stick on it, redirect it towards the net, maybe create a rebound. Um, and so, the, and then the second one, similarly, I was just trying to get my stick on the puck um, and just and get it on her, hoping for a rebound. But both times they went in. So did you get tripped it. on that second one? No, um, I did not. It was a more of a dive. Oh, more of a dive. Oh, wow, it was, that, that's it even, wasn't that's tripped. even better. Okay. No, my um, stick isn't the longest in the league, so I had to use propel myself <laughs> forward. <laughs> Um, so I, I love this first one too. It, it's something that uh, that Coach Turner ha- had told us is how much this year that you guys are, are are working working all five players and on the offense and trying to get all 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 of the de- defenders involved. But this one was just so quick through the through the neutral zone, turning the puck over and and working fast into the zone. You could see that Yale was Yale was trying to complete a change and not a, l- a little behind on the right. play, but. Um, you know, this year has been a it's been a fantastic year for your team. Uh, f- Fifteen wins already, seven seven and two in conference. Uh, you know, both both for you personally and for the team in in general. What has been working so well that has been you know getting these quick goals? Mm-hmm. So in practice, all the time recently, um, actually beginning starting in the beginning of the season and just progressively getting better and better at working on these transition type drills. Um, because oftentimes when you get the puck, sometimes you're hesitant and you don't exactly know what you're going to do. But the speed is really what kills the teams in, in that transition moment. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about you, mm-hmm. uh, get, get a little bit de- uh, little bit deeper into the details, because there's a lot more than just the hockey player, Grace Markey. So we'll we'll get to more of that. Mm-hmm. But well, let's start earlier back uh, from West Bloomfield, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when did you start playing hockey? When was the first time that you, you strapped on the skates? Well, that's actually a very interesting story. My first skating lesson was on 9-11, the, the tragic day of 9-11. Are you kidding? No, that oh was my, my very, goodness. Okay. very first skating lesson. My mom, um, we were on our way. I, I don't remember this. She um, tells me this, that we were on our way um, to my first skating lesson. She turns on the radio and she hears uh, the second Twin Tower has just fallen. And so at that moment, she just turns it off and um, she she drove there and everybody in the room was just kind of in a panic. And my mom, she says she's the one to kind of collectively calm them down and say, we're here for our daughter's skating lesson. Let's just do this. And so that's how. Wow. My first skating lesson. So you you must have been so you're two three I years old when two, you're starting. Yep. Wow. So so now what were what were some of the the next steps in your youth hockey career? Where were you playing, and what were some of your favorite memories from from growing up playing hockey? Yeah. So um, after a couple of those skating lessons, I asked my mom where my stick was because um, my brother played hockey, and th- these were figure skating lessons. And so oh, okay. So she so she realized okay, let's put her into hockey. Um, and so around the age of five, I actually started playing. And then um, as I was growing up, I played out of the Nova, uh, with the Novi Ice Cats, and I ended up winning a state championship with them in, um, uh, I forget exactly what age, but I think I was 10 or 11. And actually one of, some of those kids uh, now are in the ECAC playing at some teams. So really? it was a very successful team, yes. Um, okay. One uh, of the defensemen on Cornell is actually 
was on my team. Oh wow, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And and I remember uh, reading that this is this is a boys team that you were playing. Yes, with. this was a boys team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, did you was there a little bit of a difference? Were, were you looking for either a different style of play, an extra edge playing for this team? You know, what, what was the thought process behind playing playing for a team like this? Yeah. Um, well, so I wanted to develop um, with the boys because. Uh, the obvious, so most of the time they have a lot more skill at that age and they're kind of, kind of more dedicated. Um, but there was a time when um, that, that changes and that's when I ended up switching is when the boys start to grow more and um, <laughs> I can't um, compete with their checking and everything. My mom, well, at least my mom didn't think I could, but I thought <laughs> of I could. Course, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking to develop my skills the best that I could at that point, yeah. Um, so is this the point where you joined Little Caesars? Yes. Okay. Oh so. well, I first um, played for Compuware AAA, okay, which yeah. is um, out of Plymouth, Michigan. Right. And then I played. Oh, sorry. I played Honey Baked first for one year. Then I went over to Compuware, and then I finished at Little Caesars. Okay. Um, so some of your some of your memories from those teams. Where where are some of the some of the places that your hockey career took you before coming to Quinnipiac? Some tournaments and anywhere around the, oh, yeah. the country, the world. Um. So um, I liked to, my one of my favorite tournaments was in was called Naha, okay. and that was out of um, Burlington, Vermont, and I loved to go in that uh, to play in that tournament. Um, actually, one year um, we had a per, someone on my team's father was a pilot, so we took a small plane, me, my dad, and then her dad, and there's four people on the plane, so just two players, two parents got in this little plane and took off and flew to Burlington with our hockey bags, and that was. That was a blast. <laughs> wow, my God. And, and going through Vermont, I mean, obviously there there's trees as far as the eye can see, but mm-hmm. that must that must have been a beautiful – what time – this is sometime probably during the winter? Um, During the fall. Oh, during season. the fall. Oh, yep. my. That yeah, must yeah. have been gorgeous to, to fly over mm-hmm. and see. Yeah. It was. And nobody really told me how cold it was going to be up there. It's not the <laughs> most airtight compartment and no bathrooms. So that was fun. Not ideal. You don't you don't move at all. No. You don't. Yeah. yeah. Probably in an in an aircraft that small, you don't really want to because you you walk a little bit one way versus the exactly. other, and, <laughs> and you never know where you're going. So so playing for for those programs in, in Michigan, some some fun stories. So when when did you start to think, okay, there may be another another step to my hockey career in college, and then uh, you know what's the the commitment story of coming to Quinnipiac? Mm-hmm. So um, they had these. They were called Rush Hockey Showcases, and um, I'm sure I think we found out about them through advertisements. But it was one of those. Um, all the college coaches are going to be there. Okay. And so yeah. as as soon as I could, the age that I was, I think I was um, in eighth grade at this point. I wanted like my parents wanted to get me there so I could um, you know showcase any talent like talents and um, meet um, head coaches and assistant coaches and so at that time I went to the camp and so there's it's a combination of practices and games so during one of the practices actually Paul uh, Nemetz Carlson came up next to me and he um, I think he said something like oh those are some ugly gloves because at this time I was on CompuWare which the gloves are um, orange and brown and so he was I think he was trying to spark some conversation but but um, so that's the first um, influence I had um, towards Quinnipiac. But yeah. So so as you're starting to do do a little more research, what were you what were you finding about not only the school but the the program? Um, yeah, I found that they had a they were very successful, um, and I really wanted to be a part of a successful team in college. And also, in academics was very important to that decision. So I was looking into um, the multiple degrees that they had to offer. So. So talking academics, pre-med, mm-hmm. 
not the not the easiest path to take as a student athlete. <laughs> but you know, how have you found it now in in year number three in school? How, how has that process <laughs> been of balancing the the athletics with the academics part of life? Yeah, it's, it's definitely takes some time to get used to. Um, in the beginning, it felt very stressful. It felt like there was a ton and like so many more demands on me than there was playing club hockey and also in school the rigor of these courses is a lot higher so um, just making that initial transition was difficult but um, as the years have progressed I've uh, I think I figured out a good way to balance it out so so there are a couple different highlights from the academic side that we that we wanted to touch on here first of all uh, your experience this summer uh, working at the University, University of Michigan Hospital in Michigan Medicine uh, as a research assistant and intern uh, in the cardiac surgery department with Dr. Stephen Bowling. Some of the, some of the stories from, from this that I, I was able to read from the, the fantastic article on GoBobcats.com. If you haven't read it, make sure you go and read it. Um, being able to witness your first open heart surgery that uh, made that made me a little lightheaded even thinking about it. Um, so take us through that that entire experience, some of the things that you were able to do, and, and some of the takeaways that you had. Yeah, so it was very exciting. Um, just from starting the beginning of the summer, I was able to work with many medical professionals, um, nurse practitioners, physicians assistants, and uh, medical doctors, and and then surgeons, is all of them all together. Um, and yeah, so I think that the, my most memorable was my first um, seeing my first open heart surgery. Um, I was very nervous myself. Um, it was kind of it's kind of funny because. Um, I'm not very squeamish, but whenever it came to someone talking about your heart or having heart disease, it kind of made me feel a little squeamish almost. So okay. um, going into that, I was pretty nervous to see it completely exposed at first. And but when, once I got in there and, you know, you just you you take it in, it, it becomes um, less scary. So where are, are where are you in this? You're kind of standing back, but still in in the room itself. Yes, yes. Okay. So um, the room isn't too big um, itself, so I'm not too far away at any time. But um, I usually, when I'm off to the side, I have to stand on a stool so you can see over. <laughs> and then um, once in a while, um, Dr. Bowling he would offer it to me to come directly up to the table and um, and then stand on a couple stools because he's like he's like six. Eight, I think oh, so wow, so okay. the table is very high yeah um, but so if I stand a couple stools then I can look directly into the uh, chest cavity <laughs> I mean what is the first thought that pops into your head when you are staring <clears throat> straight at somebody's heart yeah it's it's kind of hard to think of anything other than this is a person and this is like this person has a family and you know they're somebody is scared for them right now and I'm just look you know I'm just taking this for granted almost yeah. but yeah that's yeah that's not a bad way to think mm -hmm. about it at all but so, so that kind of that kind of leads to my next point what is what is the end goal where do you want to be what's the the ultimate if you are set in life where are you the type of doctor it's really up in the air right now there's I really did like um, cardiac surgery but I think that um, based on the type of lifestyle I would like to live it I would be I wouldn't choose surgery particularly. I think I would choose um, cardiology um, over surgery. Okay, yeah. all right, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, what were some of the things that you, some other things that you were able to do during this internship, like some of your, your daily routines, things like that? Um, yeah, so every day I would come to the office. I tell you the exciting parts, but most of it was um, had to do a lot with 
the research parts of it, which okay. were sometimes, which a lot had a lot to do with um, chart reviewing. And so when we when I say chart reviewing is we think of a topic, um, we scan for we can then we request um, the data from the data technologist. They give us this big cohort of patients who we think has this like similar aspect then we have to go through the chart and make sure that they all have that and while we're in the chart we pick out other parts that we want to compare it to so say it's like a mitral valve prolapse with um, some aspect of their EKG so we want to look at both parts and so that's not all in the computer at all times so you actually have to manually go in and just jot it down using Microsoft Excel every time so that was that took up most of the hours of every day okay. but yeah it was very re rewarding in the end for okay. sure good good well that, yeah. that's the most important part mm -hmm. Jack Maggie you got that you you understand every every bit of that yep. i'm not the i'm not the <laughs> only one that gets every so okay perfect all right that, that's what i figured um so that that's still that's fantastic a great way to spend the summer but the research has continued mm -hmm. into this year um something that's culminating in a conference in april in new york city mm -hmm. uh tell us a little bit about what's going on with that oh yeah so um well the Initially, the project started by Dr. Bowling presenting this problem, and it had to do with women with mitral valve prolapse were having sudden cardiac arrests. And there's been a lot of speculation in the field of cardiothoracic surgeons as to why this is happening with each other. And so there's been research studies are saying and pointing to, oh, it's this reason, and um, oh, it's this reason. And we actually, they didn't know, they don't have a definitive reason. And so Dr. Bowling kind of presented to me try to, you try to look into this, see what you can find. And so I ended up finding something that was working and it, there was actually a pretty significant correlation. And so at the end of the summer, we developed an abstract. I worked along with one of the cardiothoracic um, surgical residents. And so we um, submitted an abstract to the association, American Association of Thoracic Surgeons and to the upcoming conference. And it was just accepted in January. And so um, she will be presenting the research uh at that conference okay all right yeah you will be you will be, I will be in attendance you'll be in attendance yes. okay all right that's i don't yeah. have my md yet <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah you, but you still need you still need to be in there and be like you see what she's presenting yeah i found that that's right um i mean this has got to be a this has got to be an incredible experience not not only being able to work hand in hand with somebody who who is in the same field and, and successful but being able to to research and, and find something that could possibly help the field in the future mm-hmm yeah, that was very exciting. Um, I didn't expect anything going into it. Sometimes you feel like you're never going to find anything, but as I kept digging, um, I'm very happy with the results. So uh, transitioning back a little bit, uh, the team just returned from Ohio State a couple weekends ago. Mm -hmm. um, my sources have claimed that you're a big, big Michigan fan. Yes. Um, so <laughs> so how, was your, how was your trip to Ohio, and, and were you able to kind of get past the, the rivalry and be able to concentrate on the game at hand? Yeah. Um, well, it, you know, there's always that little angst be between um, Ohio State and Michigan, and when I walked into the hotel, it was decorated in Ohio State stuff, so I made sure to wear a Michigan hat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, no, that football rivalry is very fun, and it's just you know, I didn't take anything really personally, but um, good, yeah, good, it was yeah. good. Yeah, and, and I'm glad I'm glad that it didn't affect you enough where you were like, can you open the bus doors? I need to sleep <laughs> in one of these seats. I, I can't I can't handle this. But um, 
have have you been have you been to the big house for a game before? Yes, I have. It's very exciting. Yeah, there. I was I was gonna say I, I've I'm not I'm not the biggest college football guy myself, but I, I know at least from from seeing from seeing quick videos on Twitter and from uh, the Winter Classic that mm-hmm. that place can get jumping yes. if, if uh, for for a bigger game I mean what's the what was it like just being being in the stands for for a game there yeah it was it was amazing there's I mean you're by a ton of people who are um, just very excited also very excited to be there and everybody's rowdy and it's it's fun rooting for the same team so uh, the team the team has six games left in the the regular season in the ECAC first of all uh, if you're not doing anything Friday and Saturday 6 p.m. against Union 3 p.m. against RPI right here at the People's United Center you can come see Grace try to find herself on ESPN for a third time this season um, but uh, you know what what are some of the what are some of the goals that you and the team are working for not not just for the, the entire season because you know trophies are important but what are some of the mm-hmm. things day in day out that the team's working on now um, we're working on our consistency, I would say, because we have had times when we, we just feel great on the ice. And there's also those times when, I mean, we're not totally um, confident in our plays. And I think that the more uh, that we can be consistent and confident with ourselves, the more we can um, be successful. So for you personally, it's been a little bit of a different year in the sense that uh, you've moved around positions a bit, moving from, from wing to center and mm-hmm. back. Um, what's the process like for you as a player being able to kind of get used to one position versus another and then changing week to week? Yeah, so the biggest um, difference between wing and center is your responsibilities in the defensive zone. And um, personally, as a, to begin, this is my first year playing center. So in the beginning, it's, it was um, a little overwhelming, to, but I learned um, very quickly, um, thankfully, so that um, I didn't really let any <laughs> – bad plays going or anything like right, that yeah. but but um the transition it's it's not too difficult once you have each down I think it's pretty easy to go back and forth okay that's yeah, yeah. and and I mean if you get get good wingmates then hopefully your yes. your your responsibilities in the d zone aren't, aren't too too terrible exactly um thank you Sadie and Tara that's right yeah <laughs> big, big big shout out to them I mean uh I remember as you know as, as one of the broadcasters for the team when when that line came together I mean you were on like a point per game pace when when that line came together so see it seems like that combination is working mm-hmm. decently well um but we have uh we have a couple of questions that we ask at the end of every episode uh for those of you watching on the video podcast you're going to see Grace and I move over to the fantastic bubble hockey table over on the side of the room we're going to be playing some bubble hockey i'll be asking the three questions at the end but for the audio podcast members stick with us and we'll be right back all right so we're back kind of uh we're playing bubble hockey myself against grace markey my uh i have a bad strategy which is just not to lose instead of playing to win oh there we go Okay, game time. Oh, all right, here we go. All right, so I am blue, Grace is yellow. All right, Puck's, Puck's in my offensive zone. Oh, boy. So, Grace, if there was one place in the world that you could live besides Hamden, Connecticut, where would it be? Ooh, um, I'm, my oh, mom just moved oh, to Florida, oh. so I kind of would like to live in Florida with her for a little while. Oh, okay. <laughs> or near her. It's not a bad, that would be, hey, in the middle, the middle of February in Hamden, that's not a bad place mm-hmm. to be. Oh my God! Oh boy! Oh, oh. Woo. tough turnover in my in my ozone. Whoops. 
So if there was one person alive, deceased, could be anybody that you could have dinner with, who would it be? Um, that's it's, actually a, that's a tough one. Oh yeah, that's a really tough one. I mean, you could go somebody hockey-wise. You could go somebody from the, the medical profession, a former yeah. president. Yeah. We, we we've had Jesus we could, a couple times. I was gonna say that would be my number one. I think I think he could give me some very insightful advice. I I, I don't mind that big yes. big pass block there by Sid Rusev. <laughs> oh, right there. Yes. Uh, Let's go. Big. That was more of a tip out in front. Was I was good. taking one out of your out of your book. I've always, I've been thinking about that one. I um I'm a huge fan of The Office, so oh. um John Krasinski's up there for me. Okay. You are just playing insane defense on the left side right now. <laughs> defense wins championships. Uh, apparently. Oh. It's a quick game. It's already the third. Oh my god, I know. Low low scoring affair. We're we're playing strong defense, very much the the Bobcat way. Very evenly matched teams That's out here. Right. So the, there there's one more that we ask. It's my personal favorite. Okay. Uh, you're on you're on death row for this one. Oh boy. What is your final meal? Your dinner, your drink, and your dessert. Oh. Um. So this could be something from like from home. Oh, you got stuck in the skate. Oh. It's gonna be a tough move. This is, looks like a sports center move. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. My main meal, I think, would be probably the nicest cut of. Uh, some type of meat that I could find. Okay. Um, what was the second one? Uh, drink and dessert. Um, my drink would be a chocolate milkshake. Good pick, good and pick. And then a dessert, I think, would be so that, like triple chocolate cake. Ooh, okay. So be, so heavy on the chocolate. Heavy, for heavy this one. on the chocolate. Okay. I can't blame you. I cannot blame you at all. So we are in. Okay, so we're in overtime right now. So we're we're at we're at a sudden death. Next next goal wins. It's been a been an absolute defensive battle for the ages really here. Has. Oh, big turnover. Oh boy. Season's on the line now. Th this is true. This is true. You know, with, with ECAC points on the line, this Ooh. is a big one. So uh, expectations this weekend, Union and RPI, both for you. I mean, I know everybody wants to score a hat trick if they get the chance, but. <laughs> no, I, I just hope our, we just want to come out on top on both of those games. These are some big points uh, coming this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Start firing here. We just. God, I got to say, Blue's, Blue's, zone, Blue's zone entry is just absolutely phenomenal today. We have two diff really different style of plays. Mine's kind of a rip it around <laughs> to try to get it to go. Oh boy. <laughs> then we got a detail. Oh geez, sorry, whoever that, who. Uh... Oh, right past the post. Oh, centers. Oh my God. Yes, oh. let's go. Sad. <laughs> hey, heck of a game, game. heck of a game. Good game. <laughs> That's the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, episode number 47 with Grace Markey. <laughs> the women are back home Friday and Saturday. Come see them. Thanks so much to Grace Markey for joining us here on episode number 47 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. That is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We're getting close to 50 episodes, Matt McAuliffe. So. And we got some big stuff in the making, so I can't wait. If there's anything that you want to get from this athletic department, anything at all, it could be a roster of a team, it could be stats, it could be merch, you want to get a shirt, a hat, anything like that, you want tickets to come to some of the fantastic games going on at home this weekend. <laughs> The ECCAC finishes and Mac finishes are going to be tight. That's right. Be it's it's GoBobcats.com. For any of that information, you can also find more stuff about the podcast on that very same website. Matt, it's GoBobcats.com. And if you want to follow along with the 
women's ice hockey accounts. Make sure to follow them at QU underscore WIH. That is both on Instagram and on Twitter. That's right. And you can follow the athletics department account where? That is at QU Athletics. Boom. Make sure you do that. And I mean, while you're just out there on a following spree. Yeah. If you're like in the search bar yeah, on Instagram and, 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 and Twitter. you want to get your best Quinnipiac athletics content, th- there's only a couple other names that you would need to follow. I mean, two come into my head. Okay. So what's the first one that you're thinking of? Dan Ball. Okay. At Dan Ball. Okay. And then the other one that I was thinking of was at Emma Call of Seven. Right. And that's me. Okay. So okay. that's you. That's, oh, that's the two of us. All right. All right. We so got make both. sure right, you follow yeah, yeah. both of us, yes. Twitter and Instagram. Yep. We'll give you the best content there is. Uh, lastly, subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Rate us, leave a review. Let us know how we're doing, what we're doing, why we're doing. We really appreciate all the feedback. So, Matt, before we go, we have to listen back. It is this week in Bobcats history. <laughs> This week in Bobcats history, we're throwing it back to February 3rd, 2017. The Bobcats tied their record for goals scored in an ECAC hockey game, beating Brown 9-0 at the Frank Parati Jr. Arena. It was the second season in a row that the Bobcats had hung a nine spot on an ECAC opponent, having beaten Union in February of the season before. In the game, Megan Turner had a hat trick, Randy Marcon had two goals, and current Bobcats senior forward Sarah Ev Kotu Godbu, just a first year at the time, had two goals and an assist. Fellow first-year Abby Ives made 12 saves in net, earning just her second win of her career. And that was This Week in Bobcats History. Matt, that was This Week in Bobcats History. A a crazy game with the Bobcats winning 9-0 against Brown back in 2017 at the Frank Parati Jr. Arena. It 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 tied the record, rather, for most goals in a game uh, that the Bobcats women's hockey team had scored against an ECAC opponent. So a a crazy game there. And, and, I mean, you're hoping that the the omen goes goes towards this team as their, their home this weekend. Hey, just because women's ice hockey had an early bump, doesn't mean they can they can't have another bump. You <laughs> know what right. I mean? We'll give them another bump. That's right. They uh, they had the ESPN bump last weekend, so now it's the podcast bump. So anything can happen. After winds that. are winds are going down. That's right. So he's Matt McAuliffe. I'm Dan Ball. We will see you next week. Bye bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.